Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends, and happy Mother's Day. What a wonderful day to celebrate our mothers. And we're starting a new series today on Messianic Prophecy. And uh, we're going to be looking at some of the uh, most important Messianic prophecies in the Bible. And we're doing this for a number of reasons. One, so that you can be enriched and, and really appreciate the great Old Testament background to the new and be able to better understand the Jewishness of Jesus, not just to enrich you, of course, but so that you can share the gospel with your Jewish friends and neighbors and coworkers. We're going to give you some ways to share the good news with a Jewish person uh, that will be based in the old and fulfilled in the new. And that's the way the Bible does it, and that's the way we're going to do it. Joining me is our New York Regional Director, Bobby Walter, who uh, he loves the Gospel of Matthew, which is filled with fulfilled Messianic prophecies. And so uh, we'll hear probably a lot about Matthew as the days go by. So, Bobby, welcome. Yes, thank you, Mitch. Shalom. And uh, shalom and happy Mother's Day to all of our listeners, and uh, especially to all those moms out there. Uh, we see you. We we know that it's hard work, and uh, it's greatly appreciated. So uh, so God bless all the mothers out there. Yeah. And uh, today we want to talk about really, you know, just the the Jewishness of Jesus, right? And how that is fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, I, I tell you what, why don't we start in reverse, Bobby, just for a little bit? Uh, okay. Give me some of your reasons from the New Testament why you believe that Jesus is Jewish. I know it should be obvious, but it's not always so obvious. Yeah. So can you do that and then then give it back to me and I'll talk about the first messianic prophecy in the Bible. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think uh, talking about the first messianic prophecy in the Bible, the first thing that comes to my mind as to why Jesus is Jewish is uh, appropriate for this weekend. His mother was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. You're Jewish if you have he, a Jewish mother. There you go. Yeah. He he was born of a a, a, a young Jewish woman uh, who was a virgin, uh, Miriam, or Mary as we know her, and uh, and of course there's there's so many other reasons. His genealogy. He was a descendant of the line of King David, uh, who we know was of the tribe of Judah, who was one of the twelve tribes of Israel, the sons of Jacob. Uh, you know, going back to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, he was born in Israel, in, uh, in Bethlehem, and, uh, and grew up in Nazareth, a small Jewish village in the land of Israel, in the Galilee. He celebrated all the Jewish holidays. Boy, that, that was the stuff that really bowled me over, Bobby, when I first began reading the New Testament, because I really did think the New Testament would be an anti-Semitic book. But the more I, I read it, I realized Jesus was Jewish. And one of the ways I realized he was Jewish was by reading the Gospels and saying, well, wait a minute. He celebrated the Jewish holidays. He didn't celebrate right. Christmas. Dear friend, if you can find where Jesus celebrated Christmas in the New Testament, I will send you two free books if you can uh, tell me where that is. You know, So he didn't celebrate Christmas. He didn't celebrate Easter. Uh, he was Christmas. He was Easter. And, so, mm. and we celebrate that in honor of him. So he was Jewish, and the way he lived his life was so Jewish. And uh, everything related even to the crucifixion was so Jewish. Yeah. What day did he raise, according to 
uh, the Gospels. He rose the first day after the Sabbath. So obviously the Sabbath was important. And so everything about Jesus was Jewish. His, his whole schedule revolved around the holidays. Yeah. Jesus lived the Jewish life because he was Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is predicted in the Hebrew scriptures. If you want to understand the incarnation, that God became flesh, you have to understand that he became kosher flesh. Hmm. So Jesus didn't just become a man, he became a Jewish man. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons he did that is because that's what the Bible said he would do. And the Bible's consistent. But I'm going to read the first Messianic prophecy in the Bible. Sometimes the Latin is used. It's called the Proto-Evangelium. And that's in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 and following. What's interesting, of course, is that uh, God created man. He was the ca- man was the capstone of creation. He, he said it was not only good, but very, very good. Very, very, very good. No, it was an intensive in the Hebrew. So he said it was very good. And so God was proud of his creation uh, and then went looking for his creation in the uh, garden and uh, they were hiding. And of course, the first messianic promise actually comes almost immediately after the first sin. So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we have a message of hope in the midst of the darkness created by the first sin. God speaks judgment upon Adam and Eve and upon the serpent, the devil. Yeah, that's really fascinating because so early on, God is making this promise and letting us know that this seed of the woman, which in and of itself, for him to say that it would be the seed of the woman, that indicates that there's going to be some kind of miraculous birth and conception that will be experienced uh, ultimately by the Messiah. Uh, Because even the ancients understood that the woman did not have the seed part, that it was the man who provided that in, you know, in the process. Uh, So right there, we have uh, a glimpse into God raising up this special, unique individual who would be born in a very unique kind of way. And then he says that as he's crushing the head of the serpent and accomplishing victory over that created being that introduced chaos and tainted the perfect creation, that in the process of obtaining the victory, that this seed of the woman would be injured. Uh, I I mean, it's just, it's, it's so powerfully points forward to what the Messiah Jesus has, has done for us and accomplished for us on the cross. So in a sense, from God's perspective, it was a statement on judgment, but really is a prophecy. Right. And it's a prophecy of the incarnation. Yes. And we're going to see how God will add details to this. And so we now know that Messiah would be a man. We know that Messiah would die and that the death would not be fatal, as strange as that might seem. But in chapter 4, verse 1, we have a very mysterious passage as well, going back to what you said about this miraculous birth. The man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said... I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Mm. Now, uh, there are a lot of different ways to uh, look at this, but a lot of people who interpret Scripture uh, would say that Eve at that point thought that this was the Lord himself. You know why, Bobby? Mm -hmm. Because the phrase, with the help of, is in italics. And the reason it's in italics is because it's not there. 
Right. So what the Hebrew really should be translated as is she conceived and gave birth to Cain and said, I have gotten a man-child, the Lord. Hmm. It's a very mysterious little passage that you really miss in the English. Why the translators added those three little words, I'm not quite sure. But if you read it in the Hebrew, and I've done this with religious Jewish people, I've just read it, so you don't believe in incarnation because traditionally Jewish people do not. You don't believe that God could become a man. Well, what in the world was Eve thinking? Eve was thinking back to the prophecy that she had just heard from God, that there would be a seed of the woman that would be born. And this begins the path of redemption that is uh, laid out in, in Scripture. And then in chapter 12, we come to Abraham. And God said to Abraham, go forth from your country, verse 1, from your relatives, your father's house, to the land which I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation, bless you, make your name great. You shall be a blessing, and I'll bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so this lineage of a redeemer would actually go through uh, Noah's son, Shem. Mm. And then if you look at the genealogy in Genesis chapter 11... Uh, you find out that Abraham's father, or Abram's father, Terah, is a descendant of Shem. So the lineage of the Redeemer, which is mentioned in Genesis 3.15 and maybe in Genesis 4.1, that lineage pops out again after the flood through Shem. And then Shem is the father of Terah, and then Terah is the father of Abram. And so if anybody says, why did God choose Abram? Well, one reason is because he was born to the right father, who was a descendant of Shem. And so this is the passage where the Jewish people are created. So God started with a very universal promise and is now narrowing the promise as to who the person is, mm -hmm. but continues to keep the benefits to those who will receive the promise as broad as possible. So God is now creating the Jewish people. Through the Jewish people, he would bring uh, blessings to the whole world. And that blessing would come through the one that he promised to create in Genesis chapter 3 and 4. But now we know that whoever is going to be that son of the promise in Genesis 3 and 4 is now going to be Jewish. But not only Jewish. We learned something pretty incredible now. We not only learn that he will be Jewish uh, through Abram, but we also learn in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, we actually learn what tribe he'll be from. So in Genesis chapter uh, 49, verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah and the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. That's a proper noun in the Talmud it's used as one of the names for the Messiah, which is in discussion in the Talmudic literature. In Hebrew, it could mean she'ilo, the one whose right it is. So whether you take it as a proper name or a grammatical statement, it's clear that this person is a person like no other person. So the scepter shall not depart from Judah, the ruling staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, one of the names for the Messiah, again, in, in the Talmud, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. And so we now understand that whoever this 
Genesis 3 and 4 person will be who will actually crush the head of the serpent. He will actually be a Jewish person because the lineage passed through to Genesis chapter 12. He is a son of Terah and a son of Abram. He will be Jewish. The Redeemer will be Jewish. And then not only will they, that person be Jewish, but he will be from the tribe of Judah, the kingly tribe. And next week we'll look at 2 Samuel and 1 Kings and we'll see why this Jewish Messiah had to be born a descendant of David the King. Messianic prophecies are an integral part of the Christian's life and apologetics. And in a book titled The Messianic Hope, Is the Hebrew Bible Really Messianic? Dr. Michael Radelnik takes us on a journey through the pages of Scripture to explain why the Old Testament canon was organized to emphasize the hope we have in Messiah. And if you would like to learn more about the history and the heritage of your faith, then we'd love to send you a copy of Dr. Radelnik's book today. Again, it's called The Messianic Hope. Is the Hebrew Bible really messianic? And you can ask for it when you call 888-293-7482. That number again is 888-293-7482. Or go online to our website and request your free copy from our homepage. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. We hope you'll be blessed by this great resource, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. New York City, home to an estimated 1.6 million Jewish people. At Chosen People Ministries, we gather believers from all over the country every summer to proclaim the good news of Jesus the Messiah to Jewish people all around the city. We engage in street outreach and follow-up. We also invite our volunteers to a special Jewish cultural day, Sabbath dinner celebration, and more. If you have a heart for the Jewish people and love to talk about Jesus, visit chosenpeople.com slash shalom new york to find out more that's chosenpeople.com slash shalom new york we hope to see you this summer well friends we have a wonderful testimony for you from ayelet evans who grew up in a secular israeli family although she always believed in god And then after studying Eastern religions and practicing some of those religious rituals, she stumbled upon a New Testament, and she, like me, was surprised that Jesus was Jewish. I hope you enjoy Ayelet's testimony. Uh, As a little girl, I used to sit on my window and uh, sing... Yerushalayim shel I used to sing it to the sky, thinking God is like listening somehow. I grew up in Israel, secular family. Of course, we did the holidays, and like everybody in Israel does. I always believed in God, but. Uh, Never really had a, like a, a real relationship with him. Didn't really know what that looks like. Go to school and then go to job and get a place to live, get married, have kids, and all that routine. Is like I said, okay, well, what else? There's got to be something more. When I was 23, that was the first time I actually left Israel to come to America. Initially to visit my mom, 
and uh, she was living in a spiritual community at the time. Very pretty, very healthy, no smoking, no drinking, no drugs. Started by a guru from India. Whatever you believe is good as long as you does good to you kind of thing. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. And I, I learned about yoga and learned about uh, all the Hindu philosophies and other philosophies, a lot of Eastern, of course, philosophies. It was very surreal, very peaceful there, out of the craziness of the world, kind of like a bubble from the world. Eventually, I decided to stay there. In the course of the time that I was there, I met uh, my husband, and my husband was very much involved with the spiritual side of things in the community. And I started to feel less and less um, connected. I had different ideas, but didn't really have my own path. Everybody else seemed to really find their place or, you know, see the guru there as their, uh, you know, the spiritual teacher. And I mean, some people even see him as a god. I never felt that I wanted to be a part of that. I just didn't feel like this is the way and definitely wasn't the way for me. I'm looking for God. I'm looking for some to feel God. And I, I thought, well, the closest thing to that got to be the, syn the synagogue. That's the only thing I made sense to me. I didn't, didn't even consider churches or anything. I mean, that wasn't, I mean, the synagogue uh, was very ritualistic. You know, you got to do this and that and this and that and that. And to me, it never felt, never, even growing up, it just never felt like the way to God. That got me into a, a kind of like an obsessed quest for the answers. Videos, documentaries, internet, any spare time that I had was something to do with that. It was consuming me uh, to find those answers, to get down to the bottom of this. At the time, if you ask me if I'll ever believe in, in Jesus, or are you sure? Are you crazy? When I picked up the New Testament, I, uh, I was curious to see what's so bad about it. For me, I needed to logically come to the conclusion that all the evidence and everything uh, makes sense. All of a sudden now, I'm finding out all these things about Jesus and Christianity and that completely different than what I thought of. It feels like a completely Jewish book. It was all in Jewish context. It made me want to read more so to find out what else did it not tell me because I don't see any of that anti-Semite stuff there. I don't see any anything negative or anything Christian about it. When I read the New Testament and I learned more about who Yeshua is and you know and how Jewish he was and there's nothing more Jewish that a Jewish person can do than to put his faith in the Jewish Messiah. By the time I finished the, the Gospel of John, I was willing to surrender to Yeshua. There was something about that book, um, the way it was written and. Uh, Logically, it all added up, but uh, there was that one, one part that I, uh, I was holding back on. Surrender to me. 
was like almost a defeat, you know. Gosh. <laughs> I was just by myself in my room and uh, I went down on my knees and prayed that uh, Jesus will come, Yeshua will come into my life. There wasn't any like lights or any crazy things happen or nothing changed on the outside but you, you get you get that feeling that you know where something is right um, and that's the feeling I had and uh, I felt like I found the truth the truth okay I'm yours you know Shalom friends, this is Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. There is a growing movement of the Holy Spirit among second generation young adults. And we have a great ministry to these folks. There are hundreds of them. There's a beautiful commercial center, two and a half times the size of what we have now that'll seat over 150 people. We have space for children's work. We have space for a cafe. And so pray over the center. We'd love to have you come on a chosen people trip. But I know that you'll want to be involved in one way or another to help the gospel go out in power to Israel. To learn more about this new exciting project, visit chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. That's chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. Partner with us to bring the love of Yeshua to Israel today. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program or how you can partner with us this year as we reach out to Jewish people all over the world, then let me encourage you to stop by our website. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. I really hope you'll do that, friends. And I know that uh, you'll be blessed to get more engaged with Chosen People Ministries as we reach Jewish people all over the globe. And one of our favorite places to reach Jewish people, because there are so many there, is the nation of Israel. And I know that you pray for the peace of Jerusalem and and that you care. Uh, We're excited because we just began the purchase of a new messianic center, a 4,000-square-foot center in Tel Aviv. And it's right on the Ramat Gan border, which is a major suburb just outside of uh, Tel Aviv. Our present outreach center across the street is the home base for what I think is a a genuine, authentic, amazing movement of the Spirit of God among Jewish-Israeli young adults. By God's grace, we'll be able to move into this new center sometime uh, towards December, we hope. Our plan is to reach Jewish people there as we're doing before, but we've run out of room. Sometimes we have over 100 young people there, and we only seat about 50 or 60. So you can imagine, it's a real squeeze. And so we do concerts and dinners and evangelistic lectures and a variety of programs designed for the whole family, including the children. And so we really need you to stand with us in prayer. So connect with us, would you please, at chosenpeople.com forward slash radio. And when you reach out today, be sure to ask for Michael Rydelnik's book, Messianic Hope. It's free, and we'll send it to you as our way of saying thank you for joining us today. The number to dial is 888-293-7482. That's 888-2-YESHUA, the Hebrew name for Jesus. So once again, happy Mother's Day weekend, and here is Mitch and Neil Saraski to wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.